0: All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for On the Mark, powered by Booster Juice. Visit a location today to refuel, refresh, and re-energize, or download the new Booster Juice Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy. As we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Spec. How's the old uh, Family Day weekend? Did you get into that uh, the big snowmobile uh, drag races and all that stuff out at the lake?
1: Yeah, yeah, I went out in the ice and uh it's like redneck Disneyland out there, man. <laughs> Quads and sleds and monster trucks and really? ice racing little cars and oh yeah, man.
0: Did you uh was the beer tent going, humming?
1: No, you know what? There is no beer tent because oh. everything's about vehicles out there, yeah. right? So that doesn't mix well with. The, they had a beer tent on a Saturday night. They put on a big party, and and that's fun. Hmm. But during the day, I was kind of. I went out there for a cold beer, actually. And the guy says, "Yeah, there's plus. There's lots of cops around, and yeah. I have a feeling. I see a lot of guys walking around with coffee cups in their hands. So <laughs> you know what's going on. <laughs> we there, know exactly. No other, yeah. yeah, you know what's going on. We know on. exactly
0: Whatever, what's fun. in there
1: everybody having a good time enjoying a what an awesome weekend oh. it was the weather was perfect yeah.
0: H- how many people would be out there and it's at Alberta oh. beach right
1: I don't know there must have been four three four hundred like vehicles yeah. on the on the lake wow and lots I don't know and like they run three days there's probably I don't know what their gate would be each mm-hmm. day a thousand people 59 I don't know lots
0: did, did you, you do know? any uh, do you do any ice fishing there spec
1: I don't personally, I have, I do sometimes, I don't have my own shack or anything, I'm a I kind of, there's only so much room in a guy's garage, pal. You know, you got a sled, you got a quad, all of a sudden, it's not like I'm living in a Taj Mahal out there. Well, so,
0: and you know, my neighbor's got a shack. We've got one of the premier ice fishermen in northern Alberta, northern Saskatchewan, in the studio with us. Howard Thompson, the plumber from Meadow Lake, is just walking by the the windows here and he popped in. So, if you need some ice fishing tips, Speck, he's your guy.
1: Okay, well, I'll keep you (laughs) in mind, Howard.
0: (laughs) So, uh, did you get a chance to get some eyeballs on yesterday's game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I watched all the hockey. They still pay me to watch hockey, Mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, Yeah, I thought, you know, it's kind of funny. How many games in a row now have they been semi or completely trounced in the second period, but won the first and third, right? Mm -hmm. I mean... And, and they've won, I'm going to the Detroit game in Edmonton and all three games on this road trip and they've won three out of those four games. So I guess the moral of the story is if you win two periods out of three, you're probably going to win a game. And, uh, you know, once again, even Arizona, that second period was all Arizona, man. Mm-hmm. And the oil's very comfortable, like very comfortable going into the third period in a tie or down by one, they, it doesn't phase them a bit
0: sooner or later though it comes back to it'll catch up with you it comes back to haunt you
1: well being down yeah being tied you know that's mm-hmm. okay you know being tied there's no sin in being tied after 2 especially on the road so i think we saw in dallas they were tied after 2 they couldn't catch up to st louis um anyway the point would be listen i like a i like a confident team in the third period and and this team now i i believe they're in a tie with maybe Florida in the National Hockey League this year in games won when tied after 40 minutes. So that's, you know, there's a lot of muscle memory there. Mm-hmm. That game you're going to play out in the playoffs all the time, you're going to be tied after two. And when you could look back in your season and count a dozen times when you won that game, uh, that's not a bad thing.
0: What's your concern level? Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet uh, on Sports 1440. What's your concern level? With the orders penalty kill right now.
1: Well, at this moment, it's not that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also saw it kill, what was their number, 40 out of 41 at yep. one point? So, you know, you got to look down on these things from 30,000 feet, Kev. Yep. I mean, I think they have the components of a decent penalty kill. I think, you know, they have a, I mean, you like, I don't, their best face-off man is Leon Dreisaitl, but I'd rather he wasn't killing penalties. Mm-hmm. but I do say to you that, you know what, in a playoff game in the third period when you're killing a penalty, you're probably going to send out Leon for the draw, hope he wins it, and he can get the hell off of there, right, real quick. Um, you know, that's the only concern for me is, is they're losing draws. What's that?
0: No, go ahead, Speck. Sorry, go ahead. Hello? Have you? Can you hear me, Speck?
1: Yeah, I got yeah, you. go
0: ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, something happened there. I, not Probably my fault. Yeah,
1: it's okay. Anyway, I mean, there. I don't like to... No one likes their PK at the moment, but I think big picture, you know, can it get better? Yeah. if they, I think the moves we're going to end up seeing is they're going to end up adding at least one depth forward here, and that guy's probably going to be a better penalty killer. And mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe you need a few more saves, and I don't think it's uh, time to panic here.
0: Yeah. I, no, I, I don't. I think it's just... <laughs> you know again 40 out of 41 whatever it was they came in, uh, in the, going into yesterday, it was, you know, Arizona was one for two. But before that, the Oilers had given up nine goals in uh, the last five games going into that yeah. one. Before that, it was one in the previous 13. So, I mean, I think there are always, whether it be the power play, whether it be the PK, always on special teams over the course of a season where there are certain ebbs and flows, certain times during yeah. during the season where it's not going to, and the puck's going to bounce in and things like that. I mean, look at, look at the, some of the goals that the Oilers scored last night. Yesterday, I mean, that Zach Hyman tip, that's a phenomenal tip. But yep. nine times out of 10 or maybe 95 out of 100, that doesn't even get close to going in.
1: Because, yeah, you know, and you know, that right, that's the kind of goal when they score it on you, you gold man. Yeah. That's not even a scoring chance, no. right? It's not even a scoring chance. It's a long drifter from the point that, you know, that was like, it reminds me of Thomas Holmstrom. He was the guy I remember that could take a shot going three feet wide and tip it to the, all the way across the net to the back post. Mm -hmm. And it goes in going about six miles an hour. And that's exactly what Hyman did. I mean, it's a hell of a tip. Yeah. But you know what? That's, I mean, those, you'll, you'll collect those along the way, but uh, that's not going to happen every day. No. Was, like I say, it wasn't even a scoring chance.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, Mark Spector with us on Sports 1440. Uh, I was really, not surprised, but I was really, uh, you know, happy, excited to see all the Oilers fans in the building. And we know that the Oilers fans travel well, and there's less than 5,000 seats in the, the Moulet Arena. Yeah. But, I mean, they they took over that building yesterday.
1: Yeah, I got a text from a buddy of mine uh, two days ago saying, I've been looking, I'm down here. We've been looking for tickets like crazy, can't find them. You got a line on any? And (laughs) my source didn't work out either. He ended up finding tickets. He said they cost a lot of money, but. Um, you know what? It's fun. Like that's a fun place to go see your team. It's like seeing, you know, you're watching Connor McDavid, and Leon Draisaitl play in a junior rink. Mm-hmm. You know, every seat is an awesome seat in there. I've been there before. It's a crappy place to work, but no one cares about us media guys. No. Uh, it's a fun place to watch your team play. It's, it's, it can't go on, Kev. Like, no. I can't believe there's a National Hockey League team playing one season in there, let alone the second one and no end in sight.
0: Here, we right? talked yeah we talked about that off the top spec it's just it's a and they've lost 10 in a row um, they have some young guys on this team that are going to be really good players but right now they're not they're building they're developing and the their growth is being stunted by everything that's surrounding them outside you know outside noise away from the rink off the ice I mean yeah. it's it's a bad situation there
1: bad. Well, I mean, it's the ownership's a bit of a mess there. Len has been for how many times have they got a new owner in Phoenix and all we heard was, Oh, this guy, he's got deep (laughs) pockets. Don't worry about this guy. Well, six owners later, we haven't found one that pays his bills down there. No, you know, the reason they're in Mullet arena is because they weren't paying their bills out in Glendale. And, you know, here we are. So it's, it's can't, it's a bad look for the league. When you watch that game on TV, you know, the camera angles in that joint, it's, it's had a certain U-sports feel to it, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, well,
0: like, I mentioned that too, Speck. In my, I liked it because of the intimacy. You heard, uh, you know, Jack and Louis saying that they enjoyed it because they're 12, 13, 14 rows up. It's like but watching a game in Claire Drake Arena, really, you know? Yeah, it is. So. Yeah,
1: but you know what? It's great to go in there once a year. The, as Marty Walsh, the head of the National Hockey League Players Association, said, "It's not sufficient. To, it's not up to an NHL level. There's mm-hmm. a lot of elements there that aren't NHL caliber." They've been leaning on the Coyotes, you know, filing their grievances or whatever, trying to take care of their guys down there. And apparently, the Coyotes don't even answer their emails at the PA oh, anymore. Man. So you know what? Like, I, I it's it's fun and it's cute. And really, it's a joke. It's got to <laughs> something's got to happen. Yeah.
0: What, what do you make of the Boston Bruins coming in here to start off this little homestand for the orders tomorrow night?
1: Well, the Bruins are have not been winning. They won yesterday, right? No T, did they not?
0: Four three over Dallas in a shootout. Yeah,
1: but I, I believe that they lost four in a row at home for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're on a bit of a, you know they're not quite the Bruins team from last year, but remember the Bruins team from last year that was so great lost in the first round. So I think there's probably less urgency in winning every regular season game in Boston this year than last. Uh, I love a visit from Boston because mm-hmm. A, they're such a good team and B, it's our only chance to see, you know, Marchand and those guys, they got the two best goalies in the, the best tandem mm-hmm. in the National Hockey League, I'd say to you. Uh, I love seeing that spoke bee come through town just because, man, we all grew up watching that uniform, and there's little something special when you see that bee come through town, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and you get to see Jake DeBrusque too. Yeah. yeah. He's Jake a big DeBrusque, supporter of your tournament and things like that. Yeah, yeah that's fair
1: enough. I mean – it's, I suppose when you grew up, it was the Estevan Bruins who gave you that that thrill, hey? Oh,
0: it was a thrill, yeah.
1: <laughs> With Al May coming through town.
0: Al, yeah, Al May and uh, Darwin Somerville and um, Mike Butters. Yeah, lots of fun to play those guys.
1: Who, who can forget about Mike Butters?
0: Yes. well, He was smooth. He was smooth as Butters. <laughs> he looked like he was about 40 years old, Speck. I think he's from around here. I I think he's from around here. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, like he was probably, he looked like he was 26, 27 years old.
1: Is that right? Yeah.
0: And so did like, I mean, a lot of those guys, I mean, they were like, that was what you, back in the day, that was the Estevan flu because that was a small little building and you got punished when you went in there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Estevan flu. Yeah. Oh my God. I think they have a. I think they have a vaccine for that now.
0: And you know, like yes, (laughs) yeah. And Jerry James was the coach of the team back back in those days, uh, and he just passed away. Remember, we were talking. Yeah, he was. He played for the Leafs and the Blue Bombers at the same time.
1: Oh, he was the Blue Bombers, Jerry James. Yeah, kid dynamite. I didn't know he coached that team. Holy
0: man. Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah. So
1: anyhow, you know what? I mean. It's funny, like the oil winning a million in the row and everybody's all happy and now they struggle for a few games and I saw a lot of panic out there. Stu Skinner's game yesterday mm-hmm. wasn't what we've seen it as, but you know what? When they needed him in early in the third, when it was three-two and Phoenix got our Kyos got a couple chances, he shut the door. He ends up letting in three on the night. You know, yeah. three on the road isn't the worst thing I ever heard of. It's not five. Uh, and no, Skinner wasn't great in that game. I didn't like two of those goals that much, mm-hmm. but I love the fact that he can have a game where he lets a couple shady ones in, and he still battles and holds the other team to three. I think, you know, goalies that win on not their best night are important too, right?
0: Yeah. Spec, thanks for this. We'll call you later, and uh, Oilers with a day off today, so back uh, in business tomorrow. Yeah. We'll see you down at the rink tomorrow for sure.
1: Sounds good, Kev. All
0: right. That's uh, Mark Spector on the mark, energized by Booster Juice. Get the boost you need at Booster Juice when we come back. Frank Cerevalli from the Daily Faceoff and our headliner of the day for Mr. Reuter on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Ruder. They are sports fans like all of our listeners and are totally pumped that Sports Talk Radio is back. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrruder.ca as we welcome in Frank Saravalli from the Daily Face Off. Good morning, Frank. How was your President's Day long weekend?
2: That was good. Uh, wrapped up our minor hockey season. Ooh. We had playoffs this weekend. and uh, how'd,
0: nice you guys, how'd you that, guys do? Uh,
2: well, we went. It was a round robin to get to the championship. We went one, one, and one, and did not advance. Ooh.
0: So they probably is it like tiebreakers? Are go going goals for differential all that? Yeah, or, yeah, we
2: we lost it the first game in OT, which didn't help us.
0: Mm-hmm. So. so the season's I to, over.
2: Yeah, had to pick up a couple kids off the ice crying, and oh, oh, oh yeah, that's tough. They're certainly upset. So that's yeah. uh, that's the way it goes, but. It's definitely some good lessons this year, and season's over.
0: That's what it's all about—the the yeah. learning lessons as a young young player. But is, uh, uh, like for us up here, Frank, the season obviously goes a lot longer. Does it always end in like late February for our, you? Or?
2: Yeah, our season starts a lot earlier than yours. Gotcha. We have training camp in August, and our first games are like that first weekend of September. Hmm. So it does end a little sooner. And one thing we do backwards is having tryouts in three weeks. Oh,
0: so that's for next year, tryouts. Uh, do, do the kids move up a, like a age category or how does it work?
2: Some do, some don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, try, hmm. I mean, it's crazy. Tryouts, wow. March 20-something. So it's... Why, why do they right, do that? I have no idea. It makes no sense. Hmm. I wish it weren't the case because what you end up having is... A lot of times at the end of the year, some splintered teams, everyone's trying to go their own way, politicking. It's not we don't have any sort of uh, location restrictions like Mm -hmm. it's not rep hockey where you can only come from a certain area or play at a certain rank. You can go anywhere. So you have, you know, someone doesn't like the coach, they go to the next place, someone wants to play with their buddies, they go over here. And there's like this constant recruiting going on kind of throughout the season. Like people are talking, Mm -hmm. hey, will you come play at this rink or that rink? And it gets exhausting because, you know, people start making plans in November. Yeah for the following season. And you're like, guys, we just started this one. What's wrong with you?
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, interesting, different uh, to say the least. Frank Cerevali with us on Sports 1440. I don't know if it was uh, President's Day, Frank, uh, Family Day up here, but it seemed a lot of high-scoring games yesterday in the NHL with some uh, big, big numbers put up, most notably the uh, Vancouver-Minnesota game. What would you make of that one? 10
2: 7 (laughs) The wild scored six goals in a span of five minutes and 45 seconds. It was a pardon the pun and the dad joke, a wild game. (laughs) And I think more interesting than all of that is to take a step back and consider where the wild are at. I think right now they're the favorites for the eighth seed in the West. (laughs) They're only a couple points back. They've played well. They're getting a little bit healthier and, you know, this is a team that last year, the last two years, was a 100-plus point team. By definition, and where they are in the race, they're going to have to play well to get in. I'm wondering if they could be a really interesting live first-round upset mm-hmm. if they do get in based on how well they would have had to play down the stretch.
0: I kind of agree with you. They're they're just sneaky. They're big. Uh, they've got some speed as well. And I, I always look at it like how Bill Garen has done this. He's kind of had – you know, not playing with a full One deck. One hand tied behind yeah. his back. He's not playing with a full deck with, a, you know, with the Parise and, and Suter. So um, yep. how, how's he done it then?
2: He's done it by drafting well. Uh, he's done it by making really smart trades. I mean, how good does that Brock Faber trade look right now? Mm-hmm. You got Faber and a first for Fiala. I mean, there's no chance that the Kings and Wild would trade Faber for Fiala straight up right now, Mm -hmm. let alone add in a first round pick. I mean, Faber is playing 26 minutes a night and is giving Connor Bedard a real run for his money in the Calder, in the uh, Calder trophy race. So to me, um, they've relied on young players. If you're going to be a team that's capped out and has those significant dead cap space issues, you've got to have players playing well and contributing on entry level contracts. That's been part of it. And Look, um, this season to me for Minnesota is really all about injuries. It's, it's not just their poor play to start the year, which also caused them to fire their coach. Um, that part happens. The Oilers saw that and have worked through it. Um, the other part has just been missing significant players for significant chunks of time. I mean, you're talking about half their defense core missing for a stretch, no Philip Gustafson, relying on near 40-year-old um, Mark andre Fleury. Like, there's been a lot of different things that have popped up this year kind of working against Minnesota that I think they have the ability to get to the other side of. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Matt, Matt Bowley's having a phenomenal season, too. Uh, but in, he
2: wasn't before the coaching change
0: no he you're right he's come on in the last bit but he's really really uh proven to be uh, uh you know a, a top player on that roster
2: uh, and and so you you mentioned um like just look at the numbers since the coaching mm-hmm. change for boldy but the oilers are 29 and 9 since they made their coaching change minnesota is 20 13 and 2 mm-hmm. So still pretty good.
0: Yeah, really good. Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440. You know, Frank, we, we we talked quite a bit about the situation in Arizona because the Oilers played there yesterday one obviously 6-3. You
2: uh, mean Oilers Nation took over. Wasn't Arizona. it something?
0: What do you think? Like I mean, the whole building was Oilers fans it seemed.
2: Well, the Nation vacation certainly yeah. helped. Uh that was a big part of it. I love seeing all those guys uh as part of the broadcast every time they do something or score a goal. <laughs> Um, what do I make of this situation? It's a well, nice novelty.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, but that's I'm, it. Yeah, you know, I guess I'll be, I'll be honest, frankly, I sort of kind of removed myself from it just because the Oilers hadn't played there for so long. Do you know what I mean? So it's, but so I really, really kind of concentrated on on it yesterday, and again, it just it stinks. The whole situation stinks.
2: I mean, it's it's nice for fans, and I would highly recommend. Mm-hmm. You know, probably lost the opportunity now, or maybe have to see an an NHL game in that type of environment. But it, I, I think I was really supportive of them making the move there as a temporary stopgap. Mm-hmm. If you had been able to build your arena in Tempe before you lost resoundingly your referendum vote, had you you know been able to get steel and in the ground and shovels in the ground, I I'd feel a lot differently about the scenario. You're like, Hey, let's, let's enjoy this unique environment, but without a long-term solution in place, they don't feel like an NHL franchise. They just don't. And I can tell you that players, they don't feel that way. Um, They're not even the primary tenant in their own arena right now. And it's Mm -hmm. a college hockey arena. So um, it's a, it's a tough spot. I think, to leave that team in for any lengthy period of time, which I think the NHL is getting to the bottom of.
0: Well, Frank, we're 19 days or so up to the uh, trade deadline. Any more rumblings out of Calgary, I guess, as Noah Hannafin still atop your trade target board?
2: He is. And yeah, Noah Hannafin is going to be on the move. Uh, We've gone down this path far enough to understand that that's going to be the case. Uh, the other side of the all-star break everyone's kept quiet about it the flames haven't said much the hanafin camp hasn't said much but absent an extension that's certainly where it's trending and he is the number one impact defenseman available chris tanev also rental is just behind him at number two mm-hmm. and the flames are in a good spot that way But I think what they've had some trouble developing is a market for Hannafin because he is going to be expensive and because not every team that's a contending team needs a left-shot guy. And I think now you add in the wrinkle that he wants to focus on playing in the U.S. and the teams that have been involved in the mix believe that his preferred destination is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Hmm. I, don't th- I just don't think the Lightning have the assets to pull it off. They don't have a first-round pick until 2026. So if you go into this thinking that Noah Hannafin in the summer wants to sign in Tampa Bay, and let's just say that's a hypothetical for now because no one's confirmed it, are you really going to give up a ton to get him as a pure rental knowing mm-hmm. that he's absolutely going to be moving on?
0: Yeah. Uh, do they have room to sign him?
2: I think they can find a way. Um, they have the Steven Stamkos situation to figure out, but I think they have somewhere around 11 or 12 million bucks. And um, Hannafin is obviously going to be chewing up a chunk of that at, you know, in in a Canadian yeah. market, he was at seven and a half. If the Florida tax situation comes in, is he closer to six and a half or six? Um, then that leaves you a chunk of change to sign Stamko's. Mm-hmm. Um And maybe that's part of their thought process. I don't think Stamkos is going anywhere. I know what he said at the beginning of this season. I think they want to fill some other needs first and then come back to him and say, hey, more or less, this is what we have remaining for you. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to accept that?
0: Frank Saravali with us on Sports 1440. Tons of um, um, news, I guess, out of Pittsburgh with so many angles. With uh, Gensel and Yager uh, was there. Uh, just your thoughts on uh, like a busy kind of a couple of days with the uh, news from Pittsburgh.
2: I would say a flawless weekend <laughs> for the Penguins. They it was so well orchestrated between the warm up, the practice, the ceremony itself. I thought they did such an excellent job with that and it was a long time coming like Jaromir Jagr. Not only was he, has he been focused on playing for his team that he owns in, in Czechia, but more than that, I think he was nervous to come back, not knowing how penguins fans were going to treat him. And he remembers hearing the booze, you know, especially when he was with the flyers and, uh, came back for that, that one season that really drove a a stake through the heart of penguin fans. Mm -hmm. And, um, to see the love that he got to see. I love, like I've got so much time for Yammer Yager spending that one year around him on a daily basis in Philly. What a warm and genuine human being who has accomplished so much. He really changed his life, changed his viewpoints and, I can't say enough good things about him. It was really cool to see him, you know, finally kind of brought home, so to speak, to his rightful place in Pittsburgh.
0: And uh, Austin Matthews in Toronto, Frank, just continues to light the lamp. Uh, he's nearing 50, 49 right now. What do you think he finishes at?
2: 72.
0: Ooh, you're going over 70, huh?
2: Oh uh, yeah. I mean, he's on pace for 74, or 75 mm-hmm. right now. Obviously, The only thing that I think the only thing that's going to get in his way potentially is health. And so knock on wood for him and the Leafs that that, you know, he remains healthy, but he scored with a confidence and swagger that it's almost like effortless watching him score that it's crazy.
0: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Just one quick note on the Oilers in Boston tomorrow, Frank. We'll probably uh, touch base with it with you on that game on Thursday when, when we uh, when we get you back here. But uh, whenever Boston comes to town, it's a big deal around here, and you know so. Uh, Why just is that? Well, is it I, you know of the what? Final matchup? It, uh, no, I think it's w- there's just so many Boston fans that are from a lot from Northern Saskatchewan, a lot from that come into the game. I I see just as many Bruins jerseys as you know. It's not like the Leafs.
2: Why do you think that is?
0: I don't know. I, and maybe it, maybe you're right because it goes maybe back to the just '80s. Maybe Bobby
2: Orr fans from back in the day.
0: I don't know, but every time Boston comes, you see tons and tons of Bruins fans, and they come in for the game specifically. So wow, um, I don't I don't know I what it know is. that. Yeah, it's you'll you'll notice it tomorrow, and you'll see uh, when you watch the broadcast. it will be a late game for you, ten o'clock your time. But
2: I'm looking forward to that. Yeah,
0: it's it, I mean, and and in Boston's you know they were had a little bit of a lull here, but and then we were talking, we had Speck on a little earlier too, and you know Jake DeBrus comes home. So So he's got a lot, a big following here, obviously. So we're looking forward to this one. What about you?
2: Yeah. um, I I think, you know, you watch even just this road trip, like there were some moments for the Oilers that, um, you know, I think a lot of people were wondering how they'd size up against Dallas. Right. Mm -hmm. And there were some shaky moments in that game, but they find a way. And then they didn't really look great to start against Arizona and, and finish strong. So, I think there's lots to point to, some really positive signs for a team that everything went well for so long that when they've hit a bit of a rough patch, they've still been able to navigate out of it. And that part has been really, I think, important for Edmonton.
0: Mm -hmm. Frank, thanks for this. Uh, We will chat with you on Thursday. Have a good one, big guy.
2: Talk to you then, Kevin. All
0: right. That's our headliner of the day, Frank Cervalli, brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason they call them Mr. For all your plumbing needs. Go to ca. Tiger just texted in. It's because of Johnny Busick, I think he's trying to say. Remember we had Johnny on about four months ago. I wonder how that beer How, how go- that How
3: that beer's working out for John.
0: <laughs> well, he couldn't keep it on the shelves, If, uh, in case our listeners uh, are unaware of that story. We had Johnny Busick on, and to talk about his beer line in Boston, it was uh, was at 9 or 9.5%, nine and, and they couldn't keep Something it on like the shelves. Something like oh, yeah. God, yeah. Like he basically stroke. had to strain it through your teeth. Yeah. There was wheat coming out. There was d- wheat <laughs> dripping off your <laughs> chiclets when you sucked it out of the can. Hawes <laughs> goes, uh, Haas goes, uh, so many Maritimers that live in Alberta, grew up Bruin fans. When I lived in Nova Scotia, it was the big three growing up, Toronto, Montreal, and Boston, for sure. Maybe that's another element. Yeah, there were there are a lot of, uh, you know, Newfoundlanders and guys that come out here, uh, moved out here for, to work in the oil patch and things like that. Very good point by uh, by Haas. Chris says, all the Boston fans that are in Edmonton come from the people that moved here from the Maritimes. Another one, yeah. Very very astute point. Uh, when we come back, we will have some open text time. We'll uh, get to some of your notes and talk a little bit about uh, you know moving forward. The Oilers here with five games in a row on home ice to wrap up the month of February and a back-to-back this weekend with Minnesota and well, we were talking about the Wild, how well the Wild are playing, and then Calgary here on Saturday. Uh, that's coming up. Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Duke, what are you doing to me? You trying to bring a tear to my eye on a Tuesday morning with the great Keith Whitley?
3: <laughs> I just it's it's tough. I feel like we don't we don't play enough wow. Whitley on this program. So it's a rare time where I kind of feel like between the Vibe of the show and, yeah. the, and the, the rhythm of the show that kind of squeeze one in. So I got to take the uh, is, advantage of the opportunity anytime I can. Is that your
0: number one Keith Whitley song for you? Uh,
3: no, it's probably number two, though. Yeah. I think um, when you say nothing at all is probably, I mean, it's a very chalk choice, obviously, but there's a reason for it being mm-hmm. like, it's so good. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Allison Krauss covered it for goodness I sake.
0: Know. <laughs> I know. I can <couldn't> handle that. <laughs> um. I'm over you. Did you ever hear that one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm over you is yeah. a, another. I mean, all of it. I, it's just a. It's pretty, pretty, pretty hard to find a bad one in his catalog. No. Again, Kentucky Bluebird is the un, album. Yeah. Unreal. I don't know. Try to find that thing. I don't know. I think I used to have you it. You got on, it on vinyl or what? No. I, I got it on <laughs> CD somewhere, I think. I haven't played a CD for a long time. I bet your uh, your your
3: truck probably doesn't even have a CD. Player I don't anymore. think it does. I could, mine well, mine it, doesn't.
0: I couldn't figure it out if it did. No. The uh, controls, not the controls, like the screen changed on me somehow. Mm-hmm. I must hit a button. <laughs> Took me, mm, I tried it for a week to get it back to what it was because I'm used to the setting. I just figured it out on, I think it was Sunday night, I, and I was in there for probably 20 minutes pressing buttons. <laughs> just
3: mashing buttons. So I was to get- hitting every button that
0: could possibly go in the old RAM 1500. Oh, boy. Uh Tiger was I've never heard of that guy. I thought it sounded like that the the husband of the pretty woman actress? No, 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 Tiger, come on. What? Uh, uh what uh, pretty woman? Who was Julia it? Roberts? That's what I'm right. Ah, uh, Tiger, you're way out on this one. Way out. I think he's uh, the woman that he was married to was Lori Morgan.
3: Mhm. Also uh, a country yeah, artist.
0: really good. Yeah. I think she ended up with Sammy Kershaw after Keith Whitley died too.
3: I think you're right because I think we've talked about this before. Yes, I do too. <laughs> it's Sammy Kershaw, another favorite of the station. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Coach Al says, I don't go around mirrors is Keith Whitley's best song. Another good one. Uh, very good. want to remind our listeners, uh, come on out and join us this Saturday. Uh, the Duke and I, and I forgot to ask Low Tide if he's going to be there because he's not passing up a little free bar tab, free meal, is he? I can't see that happening. No
3: chance. I was going to roll in. Uh, we had the prime rib last time. It was great. Both yeah. him and I had it. Yeah. So I, I, I actually pulled what I think in, in that type of situation, a bit of a veteran move. You I got there a sec, a little bit after everyone else and everyone had already ordered. And so the waitress asked me if I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let everyone else's come out and kind of see maybe what I what I like. And I seen that prime rib that Al got. And I was like, that has my name on it. Yeah. I get Prime, yeah. prime rib and ginger ale. That's uh, that's the low tides order.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: And then, as he said, uh,
0: uh, SKS, Sean Smith from sales, he ordered the 18 pounds. <laughs> bucket, bucket of bones. Bucket, bucket of bones. It was like, I mean, you could just see his blood pressure. Just boom, 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 boom. Um, Anyway, this Saturday, Battle of Alberta. Of course, the Oilers are hosting the Flames at Rogers, but it's the Battle of Alberta watch party at Century Sports Bar and Lounge at Century Casino on Fort Road. So come join us. Be there from 5 to 7 p.m. Okay, that's when you have the chance to win two tickets to the game. So at 7 o'clock, we're going to make the draw for that. You'll go right from Century, zip over to uh, the game, but we'll also be picking up your sports bar tab. So from 5 to 7, order what you want. Da, da 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 and then all of a sudden, you get your name drawn, you're on your way to Rogers to see the orders and Flames, plus they'll pick up your bar tab. Uh, then uh, at 7 o'clock, we'll uh, empty the draw barrel, we'll have a bunch of other uh, draws going on over the course of the night, we'll have uh, prizes from Century Casino, we'll have prizes from Sports 1440, we'll have a game day food beverage special, so Duke and I will be down there, ah, we'll probably be down there about 6 o'clock or so. I'll be down there anyway. 6 o'clock, and we'll watch a little of the game and uh, have a good time. So that's the uh, Sports 1440 Watch Party at Century Casino on Fort Road at Century Sports Bar and Lounge. We were there for the Oilers' second game of the year. That was against Vancouver, and uh, it was a good time in there. Lots of TVs, obviously, games going on, and Oilers are on the big screen, so it'll be a lot of fun. Text coming in, one 401 1440 from not the goalie, Roly. Uh, Kevin, Johnny Busick was from Edmonton. I think a lot of Edmontonians followed his Bruins Hall of Fame career. Uh, yes, and then he goes, my father in law, played with him on this team. And then he sent a picture, Duke. It's, uh, oh, the Maple Leaf Midgets. Look at that. It's on, uh, he sent a program. Thanks for this, Roly, or not Roly. Maple Leaf Midget Double A team from 1950. Cool. And then, of course, Johnny played with the um, Edmonton Flyers, went to Detroit uh, because that was at the time. That's how it worked. You had territorial territory rights back in the day. Uh, the Bruins were uh, in Saskatchewan. Detroit was here. Uh, Toronto and Montreal were you're know, kind of out east, but the Edmonton Flyers were technically the the farm team, if you want to call it that, or one of the farm teams for the Detroit Red Wings at the time Johnny Musick went to Detroit then uh, moved on to Boston and played like a million years in in uh, in Detroit uh, and Boston sorry uh, text positive Bronte fan uh, I think that he's thinking of Lyle Lovett that's uh, not yeah not yeah, Keith Whitley
3: not Keith Whitley and then uh, Jana, uh following that up as well but that song when you say nothing at all was on the soundtrack for a Julia Roberts movie which one? Notting hill oh with hugh grant i'd never heard of this film before but
0: oh oh, it's a great film is it yes oh okay so he's a he's a guy that works at a bookshop she's the biggest uh movie star in in the states she comes in and he ends up spilling orange juice on her and he she goes over to his place and and the two of them fall in love it's wow it's a great movie duke it's a you (laughs) know
3: <laughs> um, I had never heard of that. I did not know that movie was feature or that song was featured on that uh, film soundtrack. So, yeah. a little overlap there between Julia Roberts and Keith Whitley. Uh,
0: Montana to race, sim- similar. I think a lot of it is people who moved out west to Fort Mac and Edmonton from Newfoundland. I know so many Newfies that love the Bruins. And again, yeah, you got that. You know, kind of that main area um, north of. Boston, Mass. In that area, so many uh, fans from the Bruins, and then again, co- collaborating from Nova Scotia, from you know New Brunswick and, and and Newfoundland. There's tons and tons of Bruins fans. Really looking forward to tomorrow night's game. Uh, Oilers uh, come into this one after well their first back-to-back win since the All-Star break, but Vegas also won last night. Vegas beat San Jose for nothing. So the Oilers remain behind Vegas. They remain three points back of Vegas with three games in hand. All of a sudden, Vancouver's lost two in a row here, Duke. And I think Vancouver goes into Colorado tonight. Is that correct? I'm going to have to check that one for sure. But I believe they That are, is correct. It is correct. That is correct, sir. So, and Colorado is just a beast at home. Colorado has one of the best home records in the league. So... Vancouver on a back-to-back after you would think they would tighten it up a little bit tonight no
3: after <laughs> after giving up giving up that amount 10-7 and what a game what a track
0: meet how would you feel uh, so I guess Casey to Smith right yeah so they have the back-to-back and and Rick Talkett's going well I don't know what I gotta do. I mean we're gonna play Demko tonight in Colorado we know that so, sorry, Casey, this is all you, baby. So, you get hung out for a 10 spot. Was, yeah. I mean, that's left just the in, way it is. Left,
3: in, like I said, when you're on the back-to-back, there's not really the mercy pull coming, unfortunately, <laughs> because you're not going to pull him after five. No. Put, and then, like, start him again the next night against Colorado. Yeah. There's no chance. So. You just got to stay in there and uh, and tough it out. (laughs)
0: Sorry, Case.
3: It's funny. Your GAA is going up, baby. (laughs) This is the stat line last night. A 680 save percentage.
0: Man, tough one. (laughs) So Oilers now, again, they're 13 points back of Vancouver. Vancouver plays tonight. That'll give them 58 games. So the Oilers will have six games in hand with 13 points separating. Let's just say for the sake of Oilers' argument – That Colorado wins tonight over Vancouver. 13 points back, Duke. Six games in hand.
3: Six games.
0: uh, We talked about it last week or the week before, too. What's going to kill the Oilers' chances of anything? Obviously, they have to continue to, to play well and play better than what they've played in the last... Few games, but those three games over when Vancouver beat the others yeah. at the start of the year. That's yeah,
3: the, the head-to-head could yeah. very much become a factor uh, in the tiebreaker. Well, just
0: even if you were one, win one of those games.
3: Oh, oh, yeah, hundred percent. That's now you're. Is that, that's six points you gave away
0: right there? So very interesting.
3: Yeah, twenty-one and five. Colorado is on home ice. <laughs> Trying to see who the next closest. The Rangers are nineteen and seven. Yeah, that's I think as close as it gets. And even Vancouver, nineteen five and two. Mm-hmm.
0: So, but Colorado, it's such a tough place to play in Denver to get your body used to the altitude. Uh, it's a it's a big plus for the Avs moving when they have opposition coming in. Colorado's gets their bodies are more used to it than obviously anyone playing the forty one games there. So they have the ability to, I guess, adapt a lot quicker. You know, if they're maybe on the road and they get back to uh, Colorado, but to Denver. So very interesting scenario happening right now in the Pacific Division.
3: (laughs) Um, uh, And uh, DeSmith only victimized for eight. Two empty nets. Oh, two empty, oh, empty nets. Sorry, so buddy. Better, yeah. There
0: you go. <laughs> sorry, Casey. <laughs> uh, Jumpin' Jack Flash, Texan KK. Love the show, but the country music is driving me nuts. And he's being LOL, I think, a little bit. But I loved Wes Montgomery in his prime on radio and allowed uh, his love of uh, singing of country music. Jumpin' Jack Flash.
3: Yeah, old Wes Montgomery, a bit of a legend a uh, couple oh, wow. doors down here in the Stingray Studios. Massive
0: legend. And old school. Like, uh,
3: Oh, God, yeah.
0: He, uh I. Uh, when I got here, he was kind of at the end of his kind of career in broadcasting, towards the end of it. But we kind of hit it off because he was a big, frequent um, visitor to Mo's Sports Parlor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was kind of a frequent visitor. also a
3: frequent visitor. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we had lots of fun in Mo's, and you know, even like guys like Randy Furby in there. We're gonna, I'm gonna phone Marcel Rock. He's coaching one of the teams in BC. For the Scotties. Uh,
3: Grandy's team, isn't Yeah, yeah. So
0: I'm going to phone Marcel and because uh, Marcel was in there a fair bit too. <laughs> Those were the days back at Moe's. Uh, when we come back, top of the hour, we're going to talk curling with Nolan Thiessen, CEO of Curling Canada. The Scotties underway, well, three, four days in already. Ian Calgary, so we'll talk to Nolan about that. We'll have Ian Herbers from Golden Bears Hockey uh, on at 9.20. In or out, it'll be just you and I, Duke. Grant Fuhrer, obviously, we uh, discussed this last week. Grant is in Thailand uh, for a couple weeks now. His daughter's getting married, so all the best with that. So, uh, coming up, top of the hour, Nolan Thiessen, Curling Canada. Before that, time now for... A sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada, hands down. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.